and welcome to another edition of Two Steps Ahead Podcast. Two Steps Ahead Podcast encouraging you to take your passion, make it happen, and let yourself be great. I'm Son Edom, and coming up on the show, episode 93. Can you believe we're up to 93 shows? It's hard to believe that uh, we've come so far as we march towards show 100. Got to figure out what to do for that milestone show. But coming up on this show, not exactly sure what's going to transpire. Usually when I sit down, I have an idea of what I want to talk about. And then I'll start to prep the show. I'll do some research. Obviously, I check for some audio clips that might fit into the show. And I look for research on things that I might be wanting to talk about. And so there's a couple of things that I really want to try to get to, not really delve into, but touch on. And then there's a main overall theme that I'm hoping to get to. So if you stick through the entire show, you'll understand and you'll get a complete picture of what I want to talk about. If you just listen to the first few minutes and then you cut and leave, you'll be left with a typical, you know, oh, he's that kind of guy, uh, podcast and you'll miss out on what I think could be a, a pretty good show, pretty good understanding of what's going on in the world. I want to start off though first. So last time we were together, the episode was about a an experiment. Jane Elliott, a third grade teacher, Riceville, Iowa, in an effort to combat racism, she decided to do, I guess, an experiment. She was going to divide the class and the class would be divided based on eye color, blue versus brown, blue eyes, brown eyes. And then she gave, like, for example, on day one, the blue eyes, they were superior, brown eyes were inferior. And then within 15 seconds, 15 minutes, whatever it was, she saw these beautiful children go to basically little devils as the discrimination and all things bad took off. And she drove home the point at the end because then the next day she, she switched it. Brown-eyed superior, blue-eyed inferior. Again, things repeated. And at the end of the experiment, I believe day at the end of day two, she brought them all together and explained racism and everyone kissed and made up. But during that, I kind of mentioned things about the coronavirus and the vaccines, masks and stuff. And so I get a message from somebody who clearly missed the point of the conversation because the conversation was about how the country is divided and what divides us. And one of the things that Jane Elliott thought was a divisive tool used by society was the news media. And you can go back and watch episode 92 and you can understand and hear more about what she felt in her own words because I use clips from her to explain why she did what she did. So I get this message, you know, anti-mask, anti-vax. And that wasn't the case at all because I'm not. I'm choice. I'm about choice. So, you know, I had COVID and I was fine. Really didn't have any symptoms. I lost my sense of taste and smell, and maybe, oh, I'm a little tired. So for me, I was blessed. It didn't affect me. Talk to my doctor. No, you're fine. Don't worry about the vaccine. Just, you know, you had it. Let's see how this thing goes because it's brand new. We don't know anything, and let's, you know, just feel it out. So I'm following my doctor's medical advice. I don't give two craps about what CNN has to tell me of what I should do or anybody else for that matter. I'm following my doctor who knows me, knows my medical history. I'm following that advice. So that's my, where I come from. Again, if you want to get vaccinated, knock yourself out. If you want to get masked and mask up all the time, knock yourself out. However, let's just 
address coronavirus for a moment, okay? First of all, I just read an article that said coronavirus is actually up, according to the CDC, 300% than it was last Labor Day, and we have masks and we have vaccines. Now, we talked about the the vaccine and the people that are vaccinated blaming the unvaccinated for getting you sick. Well, that can't happen. Only someone who has the virus can get you sick. If you're unvaccinated and you don't have the virus, you can't get anybody sick. If you're vaccinated and you get the virus, now you can get people sick. So the virus causes illness, not people's vaccination status. But I did want to bring up a couple quick things before I really delve into the clip of coronavirus. Okay, first of all, a lot of people like to bring out the polio vaccine. Oh, polio vaccine, save people from polio. That's why we need the vaccine. Well, the polio vaccine started its research in 1930s, about 1932, 1935. And it wasn't until 1954 when Jonas Salk created the virus, uh, the vaccine for the virus that was going to start the eradication of polio in America. Then it switched to another guy. I believe his name was uh, Sabian. And then finally... In 1994, so we're talking about 1930s, polio vaccine started. 1950s, between a combination of Jonas Salk and Dr. Sabian, because they kind of did a a variety of trials, and eventually one overtook the other. I believe Sabian's was the one that eventually overtook Salk's. But again, 1950s, we got something that looks like it's going to work. Finally, 1994, like some 40 years later, polio was eradicated. You're talking about a 60-year span. And what people are trying to do with the virus today is crush coronavirus in a year. Don't think it's going to happen, but whatever. There were some things in 1955. There was a tainted virus that affected 2 million people for polio. Wrong strain was given, and there's a lot of issues. So, again, there have been some issues with today's coronavirus, people having heart issues, paralysis, skin peeling off, blood clots. But yet we want to hide these things. The media wants to hide it and push the vaccine. And Dr. Fauci wants to push the vaccine and all these other people want to push the vaccine as perfectly fine. Well, with the polio vaccine that vaxxers like to promote, did have a lot of issues. So chill out. 1976, swine flu, Gerald Ford came out with a vaccine mandate. Everybody should get vaccinated against the swine flu, this mysterious illness that was out there. Well, there turned out to be some problems. Uh, Julian Barr syndrome or Gillian-Barr syndrome, however you say that. Uh, eventually, there was paralysis, sicknesses, death, and then eventually that got shut down. 1997 to 2004, the military anthrax during the Gulf War caused all kinds of problems. You heard of Gulf War syndrome? There's some relationships between the vaccine of anthrax and Gulf War syndrome, although depending on what side of the issue you talk about, people will defend it. But yes, there are some issues. Multiple side effects. And then they found out this is an ingredient like uh, squadling was the one that was actually causing immunity uh, problems and was the one that was actually causing your immune system to destruct, self-destruct. Okay, so the point is there's a history in America where, yes, things have happened. And, yes, we've tried to have vaccines come out and roll out to protect. And, yes, I'm all for that. And we've had issues. We've had issues with polio. It took you know, a number of years. We've had issues with others. So why can't we just be honest and talk about it? Why can't we just have an honest discussion about vaccines and masks? Labor Department or, or Labor Day, 300% more cases this Labor Day than last Labor Day. So we have to have an honest conversation about it. So when I say I don't want to get vaccinated because I'm A, following my doctor's choice or my doctor's um, advice, and I think it should be a choice, and then two, 
I think that, uh, you know, for me personally, I'm not trusting the CDC, maybe like you do. I'm not trusting the World Health Organization as much as maybe you do. If you do, knock yourself out. Go do it. If you don't, then leave me alone. It's choice. It comes down to choice, okay, which we're going to roll into another issue about choice. And so when we talk about these things, we talk about that, it, for me, it comes down to choice, not being vaccine versus anti-vaccine. It's talking about choice. If I feel like I need it for my circumstances, I might get it. If I don't, which my doctor at the time recommended I don't, that's fine. I had a conversation via uh, messaging the other night, and I was talking to a guy who got the vaccine. And in his circle, in his life, he had a lot of family members have issues with COVID. So he wanted to, he had it himself. He wanted to get vaccinated. Good for him. I told him his situation is unique and different to his, to himself. Mine is to me, yours is to yours. So everybody has to take a look at themselves and realize what situation you're in and then act accordingly, whether it's your beliefs, whether it's your situation, whether it's your age, your health, etc. Okay. It's not one size fits all. And so I got this message from somebody about last week. And so I just wanted to clarify that, you know, as we sit here and we battle a pandemic, okay, first of all, there's been several pandemics before, and we have to learn from those experiences. People like to throw out, oh, you need the vaccine because, you know, that's the polio vaccine. Well, the polio vaccine started in the mid-1930s, and 60 years later, finally, polio was eradicated from America, and it wasn't an easy A to B. It went A to B to C to D to Z to whatever. We had issues. We had problems. We had to take it off the market. had to redo it. had to go to somebody else's research. We had to change it over here. And then eventually now it seems to be working. So, again, it's a long trial, a long process. And we have to be honest with what's going on, okay? And so that's just the, the little bit of what I wanted to touch on from last week. Now, here I got a clip that I found from earlier today about Dr. Fauci on CNN talking about all these football games that took place, college football underway. Are you happy? Are you excited? I actually went to a game. I was in Lincoln, Nebraska, went to the University of Nebraska, the Huskers. They took on Fordham. I was there. The place was packed out. I thought it was great. No issues. It was uh, there was no mandatory mask mandate or anything, but if you wanted to wear one, you could. If you didn't, you didn't have to. And there's a lot of colleges across the country that you were able to do that. I was watching the USC football game on TV. I still have some emails that come to me because I used to go to USC football games uh, a lot more than I do now. And I would get the updates, the email updates and stuff about, you know, game day status and updates. And they said masks were required, masks were required. I didn't really see anybody wearing a mask when I was watching the game. Good for them. Choice. But here's Dr. Fauci and CNN talking about all these things, these games, these people coming together watching college football. Big crowds in stadiums, not clear who was required to be vaccinated. Recommendations for masks, but as you can see in these pictures, folks just weren't doing it. Uh, I, I mean, is this kind of behavior going to get us on the other side of this? Or if we keep doing this, are we going to be kind of stuck in, in outbreak mode? Well, we could be stuck in outbreak mode, and that's why I think what you're going to be seeing, in addition to the fact that where people are getting voluntarily vaccinated now on a more and more basis, as you said, we've been a couple of days, even over a million per day, I think you're going to see a lot more local mandates, Jim. I think they're going to be organizations, they're going to be universities, they're going to be colleges, they're going to be sports events, travel events, where the rule is going to be if you want to participate, 
you get vaccinated. If not, sorry, you're not going to be able to do it. And I think when we get more and more of that, I think we're going to start seeing a great diminution in the number of cases. Listen, I get folks want to go back to normal life. They want to go to games, right? I want to go. I want to go to games. Uh, but when you look at crowds like that, you approve of that? Or is that just not smart? No, I don't think it's smart. I think when you're dealing particularly in, if you know, outdoors is always better than indoors. But even when you have such a congregate setting of people close together, first, you should be vaccinated. And when you do have congregate settings, particularly indoors, you should be wearing a mask. I love how CNN is, uh, you know, self-righteous and how they look at things. I want to go to a football game, but it's not really wise. Well, then stay home. If you don't want to get sick, stay home. If you don't want to get in a car accident, stay off the road. If you don't want to drown, stay out of the water. I mean, it's simple as that. But then Fauci, remember Fauci when he was sitting at a Washington Nationals baseball game without a mask on? So again, and I don't trust Fauci anymore. A recent report came out that he might be behind, actually be behind the funding of this thing, taking a bat coronavirus and funding the research to put it into a virus that could affect humans, infect humans, in fact. So, again, that's another story for another time, but I don't trust Fauci at all. Maybe you do. Good for you. But, again, who are they to tell us that we need to get vaccinated? Otherwise, we can't do X, Y, Z. My doctor who knows me said, you know what, natural immunity, that's what I believe in, so you should be fine. Um, So why should I have to listen to Dr. Fauci? Why should there be these mandates? You have to do this or else. No, it's called the Constitution, and that's what it's come down to. It's come down to this taking away freedoms. I know all you vaxxers are like, oh, it's not about freedom, it's about health. No, it's not. Because I'll tell you why in a minute. I'll tell you exactly why it's not about health in one minute. So you have all these vaxxers, you know, saying, oh, you need to do this. You need to do that. Get vaccinated. Otherwise, you're going to kill people. You need to wear masks because otherwise you can get me infected. And if you get me infected, I could die. You could get grandma infected. She could die. You get all these people infected. So you need to wear a mask. You need to get vaccinated. And we need to have these mandates to force you. In fact, my last employment prior to... uh the most recent one, if I was still there, they are requiring people to get man, uh, mandated vaccines. And if you don't, by a certain date, they're going to fire you. Get vaccinated or lose your job. A lot of nurses are doing that. They're losing their jobs because they're not getting vaccinated, even though they were on the front lines during this COVID outbreak when it first started, and they survived. Bodies aren't piling up, okay? But now, remember, it's for your health. You need to get vaccinated, and you need to get masked up. And we need to mandate these. We need to force you to do this. And we need to militantly force you to do this. Otherwise, you don't get to go to football games. You don't get to go to concerts. You don't get to do anything because Fauci said that we need to get vaccinated because otherwise we're going to kill people. Texas. Yeah, you know I'm going with this. So Texas recently comes with uh, an abortion law that, uh, that uh, basically eliminates all bo- abortions after six weeks. So these same militant people that told us that we need to get vaccinated and mask up because otherwise we could get people sick and they could die, are now complaining about the fact that they cannot have an abortion, which is a procedure that takes a life. I'm not going to sit and argue whether an unborn child in the womb is life because it is, because we believe science and the single cell is the simplest form of life. So let's just stop right there. And so anyways, so you have all these people now up in arms, protesting, keep your laws off my body, my body, my choice when it comes to abortion. You can't have it both ways, people. Pick one. Pick one. Do you want us to mask mandate and force vaccinations to save people? Well, then you think you would want to be pro-life, maybe do away with abortions, because they do kill people, 
And I know everybody has an opinion on this, but let's play a couple clips. Now, these clips are uh, clips that I found, and they're people that are somewhat neutral. Okay, Planned Parenthood would be uh, pretty pro, pro, pro. Like, if you go to Planned Parenthood, you're going to get an abortion. That's going to be their advice. Then there's other entities that are like, hey, come to us. We'll discuss your options. Could be abortion. It could be adoption. It could be anything else. Okay. I think that's... um, Compassion Cares or something like that is the name of the organization. So here is a doctor, Karen Dalton, and she's just discussing the factual basics behind the side effects of an abortion. Hello, I'm Dr. Karen Dalton with Abortion Questions Answered. Before you have any elective medical procedure, It's important to know the potential impact it could have on your body and future health. Side effects to abortion include bleeding, cramping, dizziness, drowsiness, nausea, or vomiting. These symptoms typically resolve within a week, but sometimes it takes longer. The more severe side effects are damage to the womb or cervix, excessive bleeding, an incomplete abortion requiring additional surgical abortion procedure, infection of the uterus or fallopian tubes, scarring inside of the uterus, sepsis or septic shock, uterine perforation, and even death. Risks and side effects vary by the type of procedure and how far along you are. Okay, so here's a doctor just telling us factually what happens, side effects. Okay, so why can't we have that conversation? So we've had a history of vaccines in this country that have been beneficial. Some of them have taken longer. I mean, we're still looking for a vaccine against HIV and AIDS. Okay, so that's been around, let's just say, since 1980, just to put a date on it. I know some research indicates it's prior to that, but let's just put 1980 on it as a date. Okay, there's still nothing. So sometimes this medical research does take a while. And yes, there's a lot of politics behind this, and that's where we're coming from. It's the politics that are driving the conversation, driving the narrative that keeps us from you and I having a conversation. I've had many good conversations with a couple people that I really enjoy their conversation, and we are completely opposite, okay? We are Mary Matlin and James Carville, completely different, okay? But we have conversations, and we understand each other's sides. But you have things like CNN. I'm going to point them out because, you know, remember Chris Cuomo? He was in the basement with COVID and quarantine, and then he came out of the basement. But then we found out that a couple weeks earlier he was outside biking. Okay, whatever. So why can't we have these conversations? Because politics and the news is driving the narrative, and we can't talk about this. We can't talk. We have to talk about keep your laws off my body and my body, my choice. But we can't talk about the serious side effects that might come from it. Okay? I read a story. In Fort Worth, Texas, there was a clinic that uh, did 67 abortions in 17 hours before the deadline. 67. And they're celebrating this. I mean, that should be a saddening note. 67 procedures. And we don't know how quickly they were done because they had 17 hours to do it. And I think I figured that out to be about three an hour or something like that, four an hour. How many of these side effects are going to take place with these women? Are there going to be follow-up care? What's going to happen to them down the road when they have other issues? You know, how do we know that the sanitation was clean enough for them to partake in all this? It's really a sad thing when we talk about it because we can't have open and honest dialogue when it comes to these things. We have to be militant about it, my way or the highway. 
I know a lot of people will sit there and agree that we need to have conversations, but you don't have them. We argue on social media. We fight on social media. And then we block each other. We unfriend each other. We do all that. And that's fine. I don't care. You do what you want. You know, that's your prerogative. Want to fight and be that social justice keyboard warrior? Eh, knock yourself out. Not going to get anything done. You're just going to cause more and more division. Like we talked about in our last episode, the things that cause a divided America are the things that you and I engage in. And I'm getting way off of those engagements because I find that they're more and more pointless. But we engage in them. Twitter, worst thing ever. In fact, there's a lot of false information there was information about uh, some uh, medicine that was supposedly a horse dewormer that people were taking to help themselves with COVID. And they were like, you know, filling up hospital beds and it was all this misinformation. And then finally the hospital had come. I was like, no, that's not true. I think that was in Oklahoma and Mississippi and CNN, MSNBC. Maybe it wasn't CNN, but MSNBC ran with it. I think Rolling Stones ran with it. And it turned out to be false news. But everybody's up in arms about this because we can't have honest dialogue because everybody has an agenda. So, okay, you want to talk about abortion. I don't really know where I sit on it, to be honest. I'm actually pro-life, absolutely 100% pro-life. But there might be situations. There might be situations that cause for an unborn child to have to choose between the life of an unborn child and the mother or some other thing. I don't know. But what I am against is abortion being the choice of birth control. Oh, what do you mean by that? Okay, everybody likes to report and throw out facts. Reasons why people, oh, we need to have abortions because there could be rape, there could be incest, there could be medical conditions, etc. Okay, I'll give you that. But I did a lot of research. I've done this research many times, and it's always the same. You look up the numbers. And I had all these numbers. I had stats. I had everything. And then I found a clip that sums it up nice. Sums it up nice and easy as to the reasons why People have abortion. If you watch the video, then it lists one, two, three, four, actually lists them. So as the person in the video or the audio clip here is telling you the reasons, okay, it's actually in order from the research that was given to them and the stats given to them by the National Center on Health Statistics. So take a listen. What are the common reasons for choosing an abortion? Did you know, according to the National Center on Health Statistics, that almost half of pregnancies in the U.S. are unplanned, and many will get pregnant while using birth control. For every 100 women who rely on the pill for one year, nine will get pregnant. And for every 100 women who rely on condoms for one year, nearly 20 will get pregnant. You're not alone. Given the data, there are many women right now in the very same situation as you, and they're asking themselves, Today, we're going to ask an important question. Why do women choose abortion? Welcome to Her Smart Choice. What if you're looking at a home pregnancy test that reads positive? You're likely wondering, what do I do now, especially if it's an unplanned pregnancy? Maybe you're not ready at the present situation or don't want any more children. Most women who consider abortion say it's more than one factor that contributes to their decision. I want to address some other common reasons for choosing an abortion. You can't be pregnant right now, as it's not a good time to be pregnant or parent a child, as it'll interfere with school, career, family, or your other responsibilities. You are not able to afford to raise a child.
Your current situation makes it hard to be pregnant or parent a child. You have problems in the relationship with your partner, or you don't have a partner and don't want to parent a child on your own. You learn the fetus has a problem, or there are birth defects. You have health problems that make pregnancy difficult or risky. The pregnancy is the result of a sexual assault. A healthcare provider can discuss your options and help you make an informed decision. So those are some common reasons given according to the National Center on Health Statistics, and you can go look it up and find out for yourself and do the research. But the overwhelming majority of stats indicate that I'm pregnant, it's not a good time. It's going to interfere with my school. It's going to interfere with my career. It's going to interfere with my social life. i just not interested. Cost. Granted, cost is always something. The cost of your apartment, the cost of your car, the cost of eating. I mean, all that. So it doesn't matter. The cost is always going to be involved in something. And sure, children can be expensive. But there's a, so there's a cost involved. Okay. Um, big one probably is partner. ASS. Can't stand them. Don't want anything to do with them. An ex, an ex-spouse, an ex-lover, whatever. Big problem. But are those reasons enough to terminate a life? I don't think so. You do? Well, that's your choice, but I don't think so. And then, of course, baby's health problems. You know, uh, I'll throw one out. You may or may not like the guy, but Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow has done a lot of great things, Okay. His mom tried to abort him. There's others. You can go on YouTube and you can just search abortion survivors and see the people that have come up and the impact that they've had. And I think it comes down to that we like to control things. We want to be in control. And so we got to make these hasty decisions because here's the problem. And then, of course, the last one, which is and of itself is sexual assault. The only thing I'll say about that is I understand and the reason for that is, according to all the stats I can find, less than, uh, less than 1%, about half a percent of people who report or have an abortion and talk about it say that um, it's because of a sexual assault. So it's the lowest of the percentages, if you want to talk about it that way. But I can understand. Something happens to you, you don't want it. I get it. But where do we draw the line? I mean, 67 abortions. How many regrets do you think are going to happen with those 67 choices that those women make? Forget about the medical conditions. But see, we don't have any stats about it. We don't have anybody wanting to go and do follow-up to find out how are they doing. Because, again, if we take the politics out of it, we take the news out of it and the narrative, and we look at people, I think one of the reasons why Planned Parenthood is so successful is, oh, crap, I'm pregnant. I've got a problem. i got to deal with this. Help me. Planned Parenthood, we got the solution. Everything's going to be fine. Boom, done. And it was, okay, fine. How do we approach people? And then you have people, maybe religious people. You can't do that. You can't do that. You have to keep the baby, keep the baby. Well, maybe that's not the way to approach it. Maybe the way to approach it is to embrace the person, first of all, and let them know it is going to be okay. It's not the end of the world. 
in this moment, it might seem like it's the end of the world, but it's not. Everything is going to be okay. Don't listen to the militants on either side. Let's look at this. Let's talk about the options. Let's talk about possible side effects because it's a medical procedure. Let's go talk about the mental effects and the psychological effects that it could cause. Let's go talk to other people that have had it. Do they regret it? Would they recommend it? But yet we can't do that. We can't do that because it has to be a political issue. So Texas decides six months when they have a heartbeat. That's what they decide. Now the entire world is uh, descended upon Texas and calling them all kinds of nasty things. Why? You were just calling us nasty things for not getting vaccinated and not wearing a mask because we're getting people sick and we're killing people. And now you're supporting an issue, a procedure that takes a life. I don't understand. How can you have it both ways? How can you be so opposite? How can you flip-flop on something? And so then, of course, it talks about, or we go and talk about, okay, so a woman has the right to choose. Well, what about the guy? Somebody, I forget who it was, but somebody came out with the you know, so-called genius uh, comment about, okay, well, if it's a life, should it get health insurance? Should there be child support? Should there be all these other things afforded to the unborn child because it's a person? Well, that's, those are things we should probably look into, yeah. I know the person was being cynical, but yeah, we should look into that because it is a life. I know a lot of healthcare plans deal with pregnancy. I know there's a lot of maternity leave. Maybe we need to include, you know, um, I don't want to say psychological help because that makes it sound like you're a nut job, but, you know, like, like help, you know, walking through. When women have a, a child, there's postpartum depression. Obviously, that comes after birth, a celebrated thing. Now there's a, a problem. So things change, just change in life. You know, maybe we should have that, that conversation. How can we increase the support behind someone having a child? Maybe it is someone who is a, a single mom. Okay, so that person, the unborn child is a person, so we have these things. Okay, so what about the father? The father has rights to the child, doesn't it? It takes two people, two sets of DNA to come together to make a baby. So everyone wants to focus on the woman and woman's rights. What about the guy, the father? Sure, we're quick to say, oh, you know, the dad or the father of the child is the bad person, but why? Maybe the father wants the child. What does that play into it? You see? And so we're addressing an issue after the fact. Okay, you've already conceived. And now you want a, a quick, oh, it's my job. Oh, it's, I can't afford it. Oh, it's this. Oh, it's that. So we need to go and have birth control and get it taken care of. But what should the choice have been? What should you have done? Now, granted, 20% of people who use uh, protection get pregnant in a year. 9% with the birth uh, control pill. So it's going to happen regardless. You could be one of them. Okay. Are you prepared for that? I was listening to a piece of audio from a... Um, a Catholic friar by the name of Charles Becker. And the only reason I bring this in is because our president, he's Catholic. A lot of people question him on his faith and a lot of people rallied to his defense. You can't question his faith. He believes, he believes it's Catholic, devout Catholic. Well, Catholicism states uh, abortion's a sin. But that's not the point here. The reason why I bring the, the friar into it is because in using faith, which is a big part of it, 
like the president, has since changed his mind and said that now he believes that life doesn't happen at conception. So he's changing it. And so now I guess he's going against his religious views. Is that a safe thing to say? Is that a correct thing to say? But here's what the friar Charles Becker, I think he brings up a pretty good point when it comes to this whole thing. And the argument, of course, is all of the women who are, are angry and frustrated, who are quote unquote pro-choice, you know, it has dawned on me, and several times different people have said this throughout my life, but it's not said enough, I don't think. The choice isn't to abort the baby or not. The choice was whether to have sex or not. That was the choice. So once you made that choice, the consequences are there. The responsibility comes, comes forward. Huh? But the choice is to not have sex. And that's not what everyone's clamoring for. Everyone's clamoring for many people, not everyone, but many, many, many people. Um, women and men both are, you know, I want my free birth control. That's what the government should pay for this. You know, The choice is whether to have sex or not. And when we're in such a sexualized culture like ours, uh, we've been just brainwashed. Huh? The devil has done quite a number on the lustful uh, attitude of the mind. Um, and so that's the choice to have sex or not have sex. And then after that, there's life. And the baby is uh, not at fault. And the baby needs to be protected by our law. Um, it is a living being. And uh, we as Catholics believe the soul unites with the body at the moment of conception. So 60 million deaths is a horrific number. And then what this ends up fostering then too is a, a kind of a hatred and an anger in the heart of many women. Because, you know, number one, they've Many have been betrayed because the sexual activity is happening outside of marriage. So it's not a committed love, a love that a woman could uh, gain some security in, some sense that everything will be provided for and okay with the man who I've had sex with, right? So um, so sex is the choice. And um, if, you're, if you're not ready to bring forth life into the world, then it's real simple. You shouldn't have sex. It's real simple. So the choice isn't, what you're going to do afterwards, you're pregnant now, what it's maybe you should have abstained from sex before. And if you're not ready because of your job, because you're in school, because you can't afford it, then maybe you should abstain from sex. Maybe the choice should be made sooner as to what you're going to do. It's like treating a drug addict after the fact, Oh, he needs help. Yeah, he does. But maybe the choice should have been not to do drugs in the first place. Hey, we all gained weight through COVID. I know I did. Maybe the choice was to not eat or eat healthy or whatever the case may be, but my food choices before I ate it should have been better because what I'm eating isn't healthy. We like to deal with the ramifications of our actions. If we drink alcohol and drive a DUI, then we try to get off with all kinds of excuses the legal system is full of excuses from the Twinkie made me do it to all kinds of nuttiness, okay? And so we want to shirk responsibility because we don't want to be responsible for our actions. That's society. How many memes have you seen out there where school in the 1950s, the teacher and little Johnny and the parents are in a meeting, it's a cartoon, and the first cartoon box is the teacher and the parents looking at little Johnny and holding him responsible because he's been bad and so they're responsible. So you can see in the drawings that the teacher and the parents are working together, making sure Johnny's responsible. The next box is modern day and you have the parent 
screaming at the teacher and little Johnny's laughing about it the whole time because they're blaming the teacher for Johnny's actions. We've lost self-responsibility. And that's what it comes down to, too. If you're going to do something, you should think about the ramifications and the aftermath before you do it. If you commit a crime, you're going to jail, possibly. If you eat too much, if you have too many potato chips, you're going to get fat. If you drink too much alcohol, it's going to have a negative effect on your body. Plus, if you then you get in a car and drive, yeah, something bad could possibly happen, probably would happen, and so on. So maybe here the choice, the conversation shouldn't be after the fact. It should be, wait a minute, maybe you should be responsible enough not to engage in an activity that the end result will be something that you don't want. Have you thought about that? Or do you just want to be irresponsible? Because forget about the, the pregnancy. What about all the other stuff? What about the, the STDs and the, again, psychological, emotional things that go on in that interchange that you have with each other? Because the design isn't, the design for intimacy isn't what the culture calls for today, isn't what society wants today. It's kind of the opposite, if you really think about it. I, I see memes and I see quotes and I see all kinds of things on social media, especially from women. And I've talked to people that are online dating and stuff like that. And it's always the same thing. The guy wants to hook up and the woman wants a long-term relationship. Okay. So if that's the case, look at the divide. Women, let me know if I'm wrong, but you desire an intimacy. They say, a guy is visually stimulated and a woman is stimulated with her mind. You grab her mind, you get her heart, you get her heart, you have her. You have her soul. It's a little different. So there's a connection that's a little stronger there. So women, maybe you should think about that. Just throw another guys, maybe you should think about that. Be the responsible one. In fact, guys, you should be the responsible one to take charge. Be like, you know what? I'm not going to do this because there could be, end result could be pregnancy. I'm not ready for it. You're not ready for it. We're not ready for it. So let's not engage. Let's not go down that road. Men, step up. Be responsible. Be responsible and don't put it on the women. Because you're the ones that's going to be in control. Now, I know women are like, men in control? Oh, my gosh. All these, you know, what they used to call feminazis are now up in arms. You know, I don't know what they call them today. But, uh, you know, they're all going crazy now because I say men in charge. No, men, be responsible. Step up. Look at the situation. Realize what the ramifications might be what the end result might be. Look at the fact and be like, you know what? I might bail on this thing, so I'm not going to go down that road. Maybe that's the wise thing to do. Just throwing it out there. You know? And then if we take those steps to be responsible, things like a Texas bill wouldn't be necessary. It's the choice to have it because afterwards, like I believe what the friar said, you know, life has happened. Life has begun. And to take a life is a shameful thing. Well, maybe shameful. It's, it's, just, it's just not right. You know, nobody believes in taking a life. Unless, of course, even, you know, people that want to get the vaccines and be masked up. But yet, when it comes to this, why? And I guess you'd have to go back and, and research the beginnings. And I know the beginnings. It starts with the cosmopolitan lifestyle. I've talked about it on the show before. Sue Ellen Broward wrote for Cosmopolitan Magazine, and when abortion became a part of the women's movement, they weren't pitching abortion. They were pitching a woman's right to choose, and that's how it got set in. But so as we sit there and we go through these things, we got to look at each other and be like, hey, what is it that we can do to avoid this? 
You know, I've talked with a lot of women throughout the, the years, and I would just ask them simply, hey, would you ever get an abortion? Is that like in your mind? And they're like, no, never. I'd never cross my mind to do that. Then why are you supporting of it? All women's right to choose. Well, you already chose, like the friar said. You chose to engage in an activity where the end result is such. Maybe we should rethink it, have conversation about it, have dialogue about it. Men need to talk about what it's like to have the responsibility in that area. There's cultures out there where men are completely absent. And women are left with dealing with the, uh, the child and grandmothers, grandparents. We need to change the whole conversation about it. But we can't. We can't because it's not newsworthy and politics won't allow for it. And so we just believe politicians. Politicians don't care about you. Do you understand that? They don't. They just care about your vote. That's all. If anything, the pandemic has showed us. If anything, Fauci has showed us. Is he only cares about himself. They all care about themselves. They don't do anything that they tell us to do. Mass mandates. They go out and do their own thing. Get vaccinated. Who knows if these people are even vaccinated? I don't know. I'm not going to trust them. Trust is something that's earned, not just given. And if you're trusting somebody on a whim, well, maybe that's the problem. Because it starts with us. I've always talked about it. You know, we have greatness within us. And we need to raise that standard. So instead of just allowing just whatever to happen, sometimes the biggest thing to do is contrary to what we want to do. The right thing to do is contrary to what we want to do. Yeah, we're all like aroused and ready to go, but you know, maybe that's not the thing to do. Take a cold shower. Because we know the end result might lead to something that we don't want, and then we're forced into that uh, decision-making process. And yet we don't know because we can't have the conversation about the aftermath of it. How does it affect women? How does it affect men? Nobody talks about the after effects on men and what that might be, a loss of a child. Automatically the guy is the, the bad guy. Oh, you got me pregnant. No, you got pregnant together. It takes a man's DNA and a woman's DNA, and don't even include transgender ideology here because it is man and woman coming together. Two women cannot get pregnant. Two men cannot get pregnant. Plain and simple. That's science. Go argue with your science teacher. Don't mess that with me. And so there we have this conversation, okay? have to have the dialogue. And so it's a partnership. If you're not ready for that partnership, if you're not going to commit to that, then don't engage because it's only going to be problematic because it's how we respond to the events that we go through that can lay out what our future is like. Son, what do you mean by that? Listen to this. It's not what happens to you, but how you react to it that matters. Epictetus spoke these words thousands of years ago. They are more important today than ever before. It does not matter what happens to you, but how you react to what happens. That is what will determine your destiny. It does not matter what happens to you, but how you process what happens. Your thoughts about what happens. How you choose to feel about what happens. Your reaction to what happens. And the plan of action you make to respond to what happens. Your boss or crappy job 
or failing business or poor grades cannot be a problem if you know inside yourself that this is not forever. If you know that you will amount to more than this brief moment in time, if you are committed to do the work required to be better and become more than you are now, the heartbreak you are experiencing might be tough, but it will not determine your life unless you allow it to do so. However you see and respond to any and every event in your life determines your destiny. So the heartbreak that you're suffering right now, you're in your room, you're in your bathroom looking at a home pregnancy test, says positive. Your world has just been turned upside down. In that moment, the world is done. It's all collapsing in. What am I going to do? Panic sets in. Blame sets in. You start blaming others, blaming yourself. And we look in the moment, and we have to decide in that moment what to do. But what if? We just recently had back to school for a lot of people. What do you think life would be in five years when that child inside you is now off to kindergarten? 18 years when they're graduating from high school. All the memories in between of athletics, music, maybe karate, learning to ride a bike, learning to swim, going to the beach, family trips, just hanging out, just laughter in the, in the hallways of the house, the bedroom, the frustrations that come with having kids, all that. And then maybe 22 years down the road, college graduation, and then the job, and then the grandkids, and so on, and so on. And now you're an elderly person. You need someone to take care of you. Your kids step up. We like to look in the now and problem solve the now. And abortion seems to be the simple out. And for some reason, people will tell you that's the only solution. It's not. There's other things that you can do. It might be tough. might be heartbreaking. But it's not forever. Circumstances can change, but it's how we react. What happened to you? The one thing I would disagree with that, co- with that comment about is what happens to you does matter, but I get the point. It's the processing of it. Okay, this has happened. That matters. How am I going to respond? How am I going to react? Because that's going to determine what happens down the road. A lost job, a promotion. Good or bad, how we react to it is going to affect our future. If we take advantage of the good and not abuse the good, then we could have a good future. If we abuse that which is good in our lives, they may go away and our future is not so great. The bad that comes into our life, how we handle it, we can either spiral downward and go deeper and deeper into that depression, into that whatever's happening that's bad, or we can try to fight and get out of it and then realize that there's other options. It might take sacrifice, it might take change, it might take starting over again. But again, remember, we have greatness in us. So we can bring that greatness out and use that to rebuild, to start over. How many businesses have failed? How many people, we've talked about failure on this show before. Failure is just one step away from success. You learned another way not to do something. Failure and giving up. So failure only happens when you give up. You don't stop trying. Because you could be one step away from success. A lot of businesses 
A lot of famous people, a lot of rich people. Oh, I want to be like them. I want to be like them. Well, the like thems, they never gave up. They pushed. They brought out the greatness in them. So why would you want to listen to other people? Listen to yourself. Because you never know the impact that you're going to have on other people. You never know. You might not even see or realize what it is that you are doing. And the greatness and the good you are doing. You might be blinded by it because of your own negativity. Saw Rudy recently, the movie, and this clip at the end was pretty powerful, talking about just that. So you didn't make the dress list. There are greater tragedies in the world. I wanted to run out of that tunnel for my dad to prove to everyone prove that I worked. what? That I was somebody. Oh, you are so full of crap. You're five feet nothing, a hundred and nothing. And you got hardly a speck of athletic ability. And you hung in with the best college football team in the land for two years. And you're also going to walk out of here with a degree from the University of Notre Dame. In this lifetime, you don't have to prove nothing to nobody except yourself. And after what you've gone through, if you haven't done that by now, it ain't going to never happen. Now go on back. Sorry, I never got you to see your first game in here. Hell, I've seen too many games in this stadium. I thought you said you never saw a I've game. I've never seen a game from the stands. You were a player? I rode the bench for two years. Thought I wasn't being played because of my color. I got filled up with a lot of attitude, so I quit. Still not a week goes by, I don't regret it. And I guarantee a week won't go by in your life, you won't regret walking out, letting them get the best of you. You hear me clear enough. Sometimes life deals us something. The old adage, you know, oh, life gives you lemons, make lemonade. What's that? But no, sometimes life hands you something that you weren't expecting. Doesn't mean it's necessarily a bad thing. Doesn't mean it has to be a bad thing. What if we spin it and make it something good? Rudy spent two years. He was five foot nothing, 100 pounds nothing. But he was on the football team, one of the best college football teams during that time. And he survived, and he inspired a lot of people. In fact, if you watch the movie, there's uh, some interactions throughout the movie with people that at first, because of Rudy's um, enthusiasm for playing football, is making others look bad. And those other people that are made look bad are mad at Rudy. But in the end, those people come around and actually do something to help Rudy achieve his goals and his dreams. So we can be an inspiration to people, and we might not ever know it, by taking something that has come into our lives unexpectedly and turning it around. Others may be like, wow, they did that, so can I. They were able to do that? Well, I can do that too. And again, sometimes we don't even realize it. You know, Moneyball is another movie with Brad Pitt, Oakland A's, and uh, recommend it. A lot of good life lessons, but here's a clip from Moneyball about a guy. He's a ball player. He's like a huge ball player, like as far as size goes, like 300 pounds. And apparently he would never, he's in the minor leagues, and he would never try for second base because he's afraid he's going to trip and fall. And the one time he does try, 
to go to second base and turn a single into a double. He trips and falls and rolls on the ground. But this is the story of how it's portrayed in the movie. The Visalia Oaks and our 240-pound catcher, Jeremy Brown, who, as you know, scared to run the second base. This was in the game six weeks ago. This guy's going to start him off with a fastball. Jeremy's going to take him to deep center. Here's what's really interesting. Because Jeremy's going to do what he never does. He's going to go for it. He's going to round first, and he's going to go for it. Okay? This is all of Jeremy's nightmares coming to life. Oh, they're laughing at him. And Jeremy's about to find out why. Jeremy's about to realize that the ball went 60 feet over the fence. He hit a home run and didn't even realize it. He hit a home run and didn't realize it. All his fears. And if you watch the movie, the guy's rounding first, trips, stumbles, rolls around the dirt, crawls back to first base to try to make it safe. And so he's in the moment looking at all that went bad, all his nightmares coming true, and he's just scrambling to try to save face, get back to first base. But what he doesn't realize, the ball went 60 feet over the fence for a home run. We like to focus in on our negativity. We like to focus in on the things that go bad. We like to focus in on those woe is me moments. And yet we don't realize the greatness that just happened. We don't realize the achievement that just took place. We don't realize the great, the good, the accomplished, all those things that we might have done because we are focused on the negative. We are focused on the bad. And so when something happens, we want to focus on that, focus on that bad. Maybe the input that we're getting from other people, the advice, the recommendations are focused on that negative, but yet we silence them and we look and we look for ourselves and we realize, you know what? I just hit a home run. It just went 60 feet over the fence. And I thought I was rolling on the ground in the dirt with all my nightmares coming true, scrambling to get back to first base. We have to remember that we need to look to see exactly what it is that we're doing. And like we talked about in the mirror, have an honest reflection coming back at us because things that happen in life might be unexpected. It might be perceived as a bad thing, but maybe it's not. Maybe something good can come out of it. We never know what the future is going to hold and we never know how we can influence that future for the good. And maybe that's something that we need to focus on. And then most importantly, as we move forward with all this craziness that's going on in the world, from politics to health to everything else, maybe we need to be able to sit and have a conversation and talk about it. You know, a lot of philosophers back in the day, they would sit around and talk. Different views, different viewpoints, opinions, etc. But they talked, they expressed, they shared, they listened, and they listened again. And then the next thing you know, Some other ideology came out of that. Some common ground was found, and they were able to build upon common ground. They never fully came to a, okay, I completely agree with you, and you completely agree with me, but they found common ground, and they were able to move forward on it. 
polio vaccine, Jonas Salk and Dr. Sabian, I believe it is, they were working on their own vaccines. But then they ended up having to kind of consult each other on some things down the road. You never know. So let's stop looking at the negative and let's see if we actually hit a home run 60 feet over the fence. Let's see if we accomplish things well beyond what we're supposed to, even though things look bad now and take a step back and have an honest look at our lives and things that are going on. Because again, what we think is negative and bad in the moment, the heartbreak now, if we process it and react it, and react to it a certain way, it might be a positive thing down the road. This is Two Steps Ed Podcast, encouraging you to take your passion, make it happen, and let yourself be great. Again, my name is Son Edom. You can find us on Instagram, uh, two places, TWO, Two Steps Ahead Podcast, and my personal page, Edom Rocks, E-I-D-E-M-R-O-C-K-S. You can also uh, direct message me there from any one of those if you're on Instagram. Uh, the best place to find anything and everything is RadioWarp.com, Radio W-A-R-P, RadioWarp.com. You can watch episodes of the show. You can listen to episodes of the show. There's a link to the SoundCloud, which you can download episodes and take them with you on the go. Uh, you can watch episodes of Two Steps Ahead podcast plus other podcasts as well. There's a live streaming radio station. If you click it, it'll play music. And we've got some other music shows like uh, the World Chart Show, which plays the top songs from around the world. Actually, pretty cool. Songs charting on, on musical charts from around the world. Uh, 80s music, you know, pop music, um, other podcasts like I mentioned. Uh, there's also a swag shop. So if you want some Two Steps Ahead podcast merchandise, there's a, a merchandise shop, a swag shop. Just click the button and it'll pop up. And then uh, that'd be greatly appreciated if you helped us out in that way. Uh, and so, uh, anyways, RadioWarp.com is the best place to uh, check things out. And if you're accustomed to your own certain way of listening to podcasts, where well, you can find the audio version of the podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. And we have YouTube and SoundCloud. You can subscribe and never miss an episode. I know it's a lot, but again, just remember RadioWarp.com, and that's all you need to uh, remember. Hey, thanks for listening. Do tell a friend. We appreciate your support. And again. Two Steps Ahead podcast, Sonny, and just encouraging you to bring out the greatness within you. Don't live in the box that society tells you you have to live in. Think outside the box. Raise the standard. Inspire others. Take your passion. Make it happen. Let yourself be great, and we'll see you next time.